Hi there, Veggie Mates. Welcome back. I'm your host, Matthew Davey, and this is episode number 72 of the Veg Talk podcast. You may have heard of a little restaurant in New York City's East Village called the Organic Grill. It's a very special place, and if you have been, you definitely know this. Well, this week, we have Vlad and his podcast team, Eddie Brill and Rick Cannon, on the show for a chat. But before we jump in, Anna and I are wishing all the mums out there a happy Mother's Day. A special shout out to my mum, Jane. She's an absolute gem of a human being, and I would not be the person I am today without her support. During the week, I also got a special request from Sasha Clark. Her mother, Mimi, is a friend of ours and someone who has helped to connect us with some truly incredible guests around the country. So here's Sasha's message. Dear mum, or mama Clark, as my friends affectionately call you, you are not only an incredible parent who has unconditionally supported me and my dreams, but you are also the surrogate mother to so many people who dreamed of sharing their passion for veganism. You made the courageous decision to raise your only child vegan when no one else believed you could. You taught me to be good to the animals, to the planet, and to myself. You may not agree with this, but please believe me when I tell you that you have changed so many people and transformed so many lives to the better. Happy Mother's Day, Mama Clark. Your forever grateful daughter, Sasha. Now, let's shift our focus to this week's conversation with the guys from OG Talk NYC. If you're a vegan New Yorker, a Rich Roll podcast fan, or a follower of the Cro-Mags lead singer, John Joseph, it's likely that you know Vlad, the owner of The Organic Grill in the East Village. He's also the co-host of their show. We have Eddie Brill, comedian, co-host of OG Talk, uh, who also worked on The Late Show with David Letterman for 17 years, plus their videographer, Rick Cannon. He joins us today on Veg Talk. In a first, we're having three guests on the show, and I'm really psyched to bring you the conversation. During these times of isolation, it was honestly just a great opportunity to have a chat and a laugh with these guys, and uh, to also hear some background into Vlad's personal journey into starting the restaurant. So I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. As always, I'll catch you on the other side to wrap things up. Thanks again for hanging with us at Veg Talk. Have a great one. All right. Uh, good to have you guys here. Thanks for, thanks for joining us today. We've got Eddie Brill, Vladimir Grinberg, and Rick Cannon, all from the OG Talk podcast in New York City, uh, out of the famous eatery, The Organic Grill. Um, anyone that's visited New York, I'm sure they've been, uh, probably heard all about it on several different podcasts. And um, yeah, it's a great place to connect with people and eat epic vegan food. So let's, let's start by hearing some, some stories, I suppose, of each of your backgrounds, and then we can uh, piece it all together. Uh, so who wants to go first? Eddie, Vlad? We'll go alphabetically. Let's see who, well, you're, well, well Anna's not around, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll cool. go. All right, Eddie. Um, so you've got a pretty cool background. I mean, um, comedian out of New York City and uh, spent 17 years on on the Letterman show, um, I mean, that just the, the, the people that you must have been exposed to and the experiences you must have been exposed to must be. Yeah, everything, politicians to musicians, actors, comedians, some of my heroes. You know, I got to meet Don Rickles and uh, Joan Rivers, and I got to meet Sophia Loren, who was my childhood love. 
you know, uh, I got to sit at the piano with Bert Bacharach. It's, it's a million of those stories that still I can't believe they happened. And I got to work with David Letterman in that at Sullivan Theater, which was a pretty amazing place where a lot of history has gone in. The theater was a great place to perform. I've done a lot of stand-up on the show as well, little character things here and there. Um, a, a couple of times I got to do the announcement because the announcer didn't show up. So I was, I got to go later from New York, the greatest city in the world. And, you know, that was such a thrill, as small as it sounds. But I, you know, I got involved in healthy food in 2010 when I uh, learned about raw foods and I started out in there. Um, a couple of years in, um, I was feeling amazing. I took a little bit of a detour uh, from it and I didn't feel as good. Once I went back, um, I felt incredible again. And, you know, I eat vegan and I'm in the neighborhood and the Organic Grill is literally a block and a half from where I lived. And uh, just lucky enough to be able to go there and then lucky enough to meet a million people there, you know, and then uh, Vlad and I became friends and, you know, he'll tell you how this all started. But, you know, we, we you know, we missed the Organic Grill, but, you know, we're trying to keep that going with the stuff we're doing online. So it's exciting. Yeah, it's definitely a hard time uh, for for restaurants, especially around the globe. Like it's it's um it, it's crazy to hear. Like I'm from Australia, and you know, no one's really escaping this. I've heard some like very famous restaurants having to shut down because it's just uh, not attainable for um, for them to pay their ginormous uh, rent bills that they that they have in in huge properties in Australia. So. Uh, that kind of that kind of sucks. But to to get back a little bit, Eddie, what was there like a catalyst for you that that kind of got yeah. you into eating vegan? Was there someone or something? Combination of things. You know, I had a lot of friends who got very ill, very sick, and I wasn't ready to uh, to to join them in that negative space. And I there's a place, um, sort of like a spa wellness place in my neighborhood, and the woman that I would go to there she had gone to this uh, raw food world and beat cervical cancer and her story was amazing. And so I checked it out on my own and uh, it made a lot of sense. It just, you know, it was just very logical. And at the same time, immediately felt better. My, not only did I feel better physically, but like my voice was stronger. My thinking was clearer. So it was just a natural, you know, it was curiosity the ability to not to be so out of shape that I wouldn't be able to live long enough to watch my son get married or, you know, play with my nieces and nephew and all that kind of stuff and have a grandchild and all the things that I really want. Uh, and it paid off because I'm, I'm here 10 years later. Totally. And what were the options like in New York City at the time? Like I've kind of walked into this movement at a time where you can you know, you can walk into a Whole Foods and get the, the Beyond Patty and you can mm. get deli slices and, you know, whatever you want, vegan, like there's really no excuse for me to be, uh, you know, to be complaining. So what was it like back then? Was New York City always kind of like a hub? It's one of my favorite vegan cities, without a doubt. Just jump on the subway. You get it, get wherever you want without hopping in a cab. Um, well, we're spoiled here. We're spoiled because we have so many great restaurants, vegan, raw food, uh, vegetarian. You know, you go to a, a steakhouse and they have vegan options and vegetarian. Like if I go with some friends, you know, so I'm always able to eat the way I wanted to. Plus, 
we have so many great markets. We have a market that's very close to me, plus a couple of stores, one across from the organic grill and one down the street where I'm able to get the produce that I want, fresh, uh, organic, terrific. And I make a lot of, you know, I'm able to make a lot of meals here and I have vegan friends and we make meals together. And, you know, it's kind of what saved me during uh, not having the organic grill around is here, you know, making all kinds of, in my tiny little New York City kitchen, able to make meals to, you know, so I can continue to eat this way. So we've been like the original question, we've, New York City is, is, uh, is a pretty cool, smart, progressive place. And not everyone is the same and not everyone's vegan, but uh, it gives us the people who are the opportunity. Plus I'm able to take my friends who've never thought about eating vegan to some of these incredible vegan places. And then they're like, oh my God, this food is great. And they, they maybe they haven't completely gone vegan, but now it's once a week and then it becomes twice a week. And I have a few friends who've kind of like pretty much gone vegan because the, the way I felt, the way all you guys have felt, the people who are listening in know how great you feel. You know, I'm 103 years old and I don't look bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. I'm years older than uh, Adrian, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So, I mean, that's, that's cool. New York City is, it's an incredible place uh, in itself, but uh, the, the vegan scene there is, uh, is amazing. You, you go, anywhere in new york city and there's there's just no shortage of restaurants food as you said markets when we stayed in when we stayed down in the east village with my uh my parents uh we rent this airbnb and it's down like i think it's like east 10th and 11th somewhere in somewhere in there and there's a there's a market across the road there's a it's it's right across the road from like the nyu dorms there's a theater there Um, and there's this 24 hour market, fresh fruit and vegetables, uh, heaps of, heaps of vegan food. And it's just an amazing place. It's always buzzing. Yeah. Well, you know, like New York's not for everybody, a lot of people, but a lot of people in their head have the New York city of the early seventies, the dangerous, you know, the warriors and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like in most situations we, we generalize because it's a lot easier to generalize. We generalize that, you know, all Polish people are this, or all, you know, vegans are this kind of way. And in reality, it's just the extremes that get, you know, shown and, and you know, on the news, you watch, you know, any news story, they don't go to the, you know, the gist of the people or the main group, they go to the extreme far ends. So people look at uh, New York City as this crazy place, but it's an incredibly friendly, open-minded, no BS kind of place. And that's why I fit, fit here well. I love traveling around the country and the world, but I love coming home to New York. Totally. East Coast definitely has like a no BS kind of attitude. I think having lived it for five years over in Boston and then coming to the West Coast, you, you feel the different dynamic, the different culture, the different, uh, the different people. Uh, I went back to New York city after like a year of not being able to go. Cause we were traveling and, and settled here in Portland and I popped out at Penn station and it was just like this overwhelming, almost like anxiety of like, I've been in a van for a year and then <laughs> you pop out at Penn station and you're like, Holy shit, this place you forget. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's an energy that's palpable here that yes. you can feel. And it's, it's amazing. And a lot of people say, well, you're, you know, New Yorkers are arrogant. Well, we are because we know how great it is. 
you know, there's negative things about it, but people think it's the most dangerous city and it's so not, you know, per capita. Come to St. Come to St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis, <laughs> there's your top five cities of danger. But it's, um, you know, there, there's negative things about every city. There's bad people, but it's mostly an incredible place and who, who extend our hands. You come to the organic grill, you know, you, you, you sit at your table, but you end up talking to everyone in the restaurant. That's what New York is like. You know, you see someone with a map open and they can't figure stuff out. There's a bunch of New Yorkers running over and ripping off their wallets. No, there's a bunch of New Yorkers <laughs> go over there and help them find the place that they need to go to. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so true. And uh, I think this is a good, good way to bring you in, Vlad. I think uh, we've, we've experienced that at the Organic Grill ourselves. Uh, for so everyone what, that you what you didn't understand about uh, what uh, Eddie talked about, I'll, I'll just explain it better. <laughs> <laughs> so to give everyone a bit of context, um, before we started the podcast, I think before we even had a guest recorded, Anna was in uh, New York City visiting her uh, her aunt, and they were walking around like the uh, the Union Square kind of area, and. She, she texted me and said like, oh, we're looking for a place to eat. And I was like, oh, go check out the Organic Grill. Like we didn't know Vlad. We'd never been there, but we'd heard it on the Rich Roll podcast and John Joseph talking about it. And I was like, go check it out. See what it's all about. And Anna, uh, she, she goes in, gets a meal and posts about it on Instagram. And Vlad's like, you know, always on Instagram and ready to go. So he's, he's over down his table introducing himself saying hello i think he might have brought another plate of food and um and basically anna's like oh yeah my my partner he's uh thinking about starting this podcast told him about it vlad doesn't know me from a bar of soap and says yeah i'll help i can bring him guests and let's link up and from there uh it's been a yeah it's just been an amazing place for us to visit and and have a meal and you're exactly right, Eddie. You'll, you'll chat to a million different people in there and meet a million different people. So yeah, Vlad, you just said he doesn't know it from a bar of soap. Are you saying that he smells? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, a saying. I don't, I don't, it's an Australian Vlad, saying. <laughs> it could be an Australian saying. I'm, I'm not 100% right. sure. but He smells all right. You can't see on Zoom, but uh, he's all right. That's the good thing about Zoom. It doesn't matter if you've had a shower or not. Um, people, can't, people can't smell you. So... Vlad, having said that, like on the surface, you know, we all know you as this friendly guy and uh, someone who's really good at Only linking. on the surface. Linking. Well, I want to dig a bit deeper and hear about where you come from and, uh, you know, a little bit about you coming, coming here and starting, um, <laughs> starting uh, the, the Organic Grill and, and its history. So, yeah, take us, take us there. When did you come over to the States? Yeah. Uh, b before before I do this, I uh, I just wanted to say like uh, my experience with you is pretty similar how I um, get to know other people like they come to the restaurant and uh, um, later on we kind of uh, becoming friends and there is a history behind like you came with with Max to have burger challenge right then you yeah. then I brought other people to for your interview you you started to communicate with them and became friends and now you're running marathons that's for me something more important than food uh, like being a connector being uh, in the middle of uh, 
community that, that is growing and thriving. Um, and I'm really, really happy to see you um, growing your podcast, uh, communicating with people that we all know. It's, it's like uh, not just doing it by yourself, but doing it with friends that you enjoy. Okay. And, um, and that was kind of always my thing uh, about Organic Grill. Um, I wasn't trying to create like some kind of exquisite uh, eat, uh, and uh, exclusive eatery, but I wanted people to come in and uh, kind of enjoy people, enjoy food, and uh, after leaving, uh, kind of um, feel that this is what they can do. This is what they can be part of, and this is what they enjoy doing and looking forward to. That was always uh, kind of um, um, what I was trying to accomplish. How it started, uh, I don't want to take too much time uh, talking about it because it's kind of a very uh, intimate and special thing uh, and I don't want it to be um, uh, like beaten up. But basically we had a situation in a family and um, my mom was abruptly uh, uh, diagnosed with uh, lymphoma on a on a latest stage, and uh, like regular people, we went to uh, cancer specialty hospitals on catering, and it was a lot of attention, a lot of uh, care. But uh, the truth was told basically that she has like a month left to live and uh, not many options. So basically, get your uh, things together because she has not much time to left and uh, and I don't know uh, at the time like whether I accepted it or not but my mom definitely didn't and she was like old school um, athlete and she was a champion of the country many times she came to me I don't even know what she did like there was no internet at the time it was almost like 29 years ago maybe close to 30 years ago and she's like I'm not ready. Uh, I found some place in Berkshire. It's called Macrobiotic uh, uh, Institute. Uh, I read a book, okay, and I wanna go there. Uh, what book, uh, what language? She, she spoke uh, English not really well. We originally immigrated from USSR. And uh, I was very skeptical at the time because uh, knowing, knowing, uh, knowing things, uh, kind of um, iffy uh, in, in a situation when person is facing uh, ultimate challenge, right? A lot of people are taking advantage of it and you can uh, read about some kind of panacea treatment like, and I was really afraid her taking snake oil for, for the real thing, right? And- uh, snake oil vegan. <laughs> and I, I didn't, I didn't even know what vegan was at the time. So, so I, I kind of uh, told her, look, a lot of people can take advantage of you. Do you still want to go? And she said, look, what chances do we have? Uh, uh, this guy basically telling me that I have to pack my stuff and go. Uh, um, and I thought to myself, uh, I was very impartial, but I thought to myself, um, I left home very early to to be in the armies and in, in, in university. And I didn't live with my parents um, like in my adult life. And I thought maybe it's a great opportunity for me to spend 
like this month or who knows how much time left with my mom. So I took off, uh, I was in private practice at the time as a psychotherapist and uh, I went with her. And I was probably buying uh, hot dogs on the way to, to this place, not absolutely not knowing what, what, what's going to happen. I, we went there, it was like really unique, mysterious place. Uh, it was in the middle of the forest. It was a former monastery that was turned to be a retreat, I would say, but retreats that was working all year long. And uh, they had kitchens, they had gardens, they had um, classes, which I didn't know what they would be about. But I decided to be open. I am like kind of uh, locked up for, for a month in this place uh, just to, to, to have a mission to, to be with my mom, uh, assisting her. And that that's was my mindset. And all of a sudden, I see a lot of people who came with a, with a uh, closed ones uh, also to support them because they were on the last leg. So the uh, camaraderie and the uh, spirit and the enthusiasm and positive vibe was un unparalleled. And having and it kind of stuck in my mind, like uh, when I was in Sloan Kettering, you always see these people uh, uh, in a sad mood, like trying to uh, cover the sadness, trying to hide the uh, tears. And then you have these people who are working really hard. Uh, instructors are motivated. It's like such a dichotomy in my mind. Like, what's going on? Like, why these people are so excited and positive? And later on, we started to do classes. We started to do uh, cooking classes. It was yoga. Uh, and there were a lot of theory when they were teaching us about uh, what food uh, has impact on, uh, on health and how it can be either anti-inflammatory or inflammatory. To make the story short, we came back, um, went to the regular appointment. The doctor from Sloan Kettering was very a uh, kind of um, conservative and um, not very um, inclined to, to praise our success. He said, something is going on. I don't know what, uh, she's feeling better. Um, I would uh, let I would suggest you continue at your own pace if you decide to, because I still have nothing to offer. So uh, my mom went back, and I stayed because I had to go back to work. But f in my mind, it stuck like she's taking this uh, food like a medicine religiously three four times a day, and it helps her. How can I fight with this? So doesn't matter what I think about it, it's definitely working. And it gave me respect to the food. And all of a sudden we were facing my sister, who is 10 years older than me, uh, sees the result and she became vegan. I became vegan just because I was kind of part of this process. And all these new um, uh, duties and chores came about, like how to become a part of a, um, co-op to get food, right? How to do this and that. So to make the story short, it was really wonderful experience. My mom started to walk every day, like more than five miles. Uh, she lived for another eight years. And, uh, and while uh, um, she was living those years, she was very productive. She was very almost um, 
uh, like um, motivational speaker because it was a great example for other people, right? And she told me once, um, if you ever have like party or potluck uh, um, gathering with your friends, let me cook, cook for you guys. But don't tell anybody it's vegan, all right? And uh, so uh, nobody passes these invitations. Uh, and uh, every time I had friends, she would cook for us. And at the end of the party, I would tell them that, guys, by the way, it was, uh, it was a vegan food. And to my surprise, nobody really cared so much because they had this experience of tasty food. They ate it. And if you tell them at the end it's healthy and it's cruelty-free, who would fight it? So it really stuck to my mind that there is no food that is uh, vegan or not vegan. There is food that is tasty or not tasty. And we, can, we apply it to our regular life. Like, um, we all were not vegan sometime before and uh, we didn't like some of the foods. So there are no uh, bad vegan foods, there are bad cooks. <laughs> and, and in memory of my mom, we decided to open this restaurant. Yeah, so it was almost 20 years ago. Amazing. In the summer, we're gonna have 20 years. So how'd you go about opening up Organic Grill? And, and when you opened, uh, you, you started out not as a fully vegan restaurant, yeah, correct? We started it as a macrobiotic uh, interest, uh, interest uh, restaurant, I'm sorry, <laughs> macrobiotic <laughs> restaurant, and we had, uh, we had fish. There was a uh, fish on the menu and there were eggs on the menu. And even though the family was uh, vegan, we kind of decided that it's too early. Uh, and by giving people opportunity to, to change any dish to vegan, we would allow vegan people, not vegan, to come in and kind of introduce themselves slowly. Got it. I don't know if it was right or wrong, but uh, we changed it after years because we felt that we can't, we can't do this uh, anymore and we have to stick to what, what's important for us because we didn't feel at ease that even though we are vegan, we are serving not vegan food. There was a lot of inspiration from Rich Roll, from John Joseph, um, who really encouraged me to go vegan. And one day I just made, made a list of people who are not vegan, who come in for a long time and called everyone and said, guys, uh, we're going vegan. Throw the fish away. And they understood, and they understood. We still lost a lot of customers, but we gained a lot of uh, good friendship and, uh, and um, it was all worth it. It reinvigorated our interest. It invigorated our um, lo uh, level of involvement and motivation. We were very happy we did it. Yeah, that's awesome. So was there, was there a specific like moment where you remember where someone said like, you know, Vlad or you thought to yourself, like we have to, we have to make the change. I kind of felt it for a while and um, to tell you the truth, um, it just, I, I felt that some personal uh, growth is not allowing me to, to, to go to um, previous ways. Like it's time to be more congruent to, to what I feel and what I believe because when people ask me about certain foods, I can't uh, genuinely say that uh, it's good or not good. Uh, uh, dealing with suppliers, I felt like they're not exactly uh, truthful when I was talking about 
what kind of wild fish, for example, they have and stuff like this. And I decided it's just taking too much of our time and we better focus on doing great vegan foods that we all enjoy rather than giving diversity. Got it. That's, I mean, that's amazing to, to make that switch. It's become like a, like a hub, you know, people, people want to go to the organic grill. Uh, they've likely heard about it, as you said, through, uh, through different podcasts, like Rich Rolls. We talk about you all the time as well. And I think a huge part of that is the community. Eddie referred to it before as well. Chat to a million people at the, or at the organic grill and you're, you're just able to meet um, so many people there. So how, how did you make community such an important, an important part? How have you been able to, you know, you're so good at introducing people and, and making people feel welcome and, and they want to come back. They, they meet friends there, um, you know, new people there. Uh, I'll answer that because, you know, when, when he, the interesting thing is he's wait, 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 wait. No, I, because you're going to just say, you know, humble, humble, humble. <laughs> we don't want to hear that. We know that you're humble. Go when on, Eddie. I was in there, you would see him. He would just look at the people. People would walk through the door and he'd jump up and introduce that themselves and say, hello and welcome. And can I seat you? It was more like it was his house that you were coming to. And so like, if you have a house party, you know, you're going to, someone's over here in the corner and they're quiet and someone over here, you bring the people together. And Vlad is on, like, he's on top of that. And it's like his party, his house, he's there all the time. Except when I come. No, no, he's there all the time. And that's uh, when he leaves. Yeah, he sees me and he runs out the back door. And there is no back door, which is weird. Yeah, that's um, funny. <laughs> but he's, this, he's the kind of guy where it's his party and you come in there and then he lights up. And people genuinely feel that. I mean, you know. You know, you know what I got from him when I when I met him is he, he, is, he has a, a, a genuine and a natural curiosity about him which makes him so easy to talk to. And that, that is so infectious when you're in his presence and when you're in this restaurant and, and he genuinely cares. It's not just surface talk. It's not just surface greetings or, or how are you? And, and, and as he's saying the word you, he's walked to three other people. Um, and that's where I think the community aspect, and it, it is, it hits you in the face from the first second I walked into that restaurant. I was, struck by it. It, it it's an amazing feeling and, and it's just it's just how he is and you know matt yeah. this food is all this whole food is com about compassion about can be yeah. compassionate to yourself be compassionate to the earth be compassionate to the animals and you know if if you don't have that as the core the essence of the restaurant then you don't have anything and that is what the core of that restaurant is all about it's 25 seats you know it's yeah. and it's been fantastic and you can't fake that. More. You can't fake that either. Yeah, you can't fake it. You know, no, you can't. I, I agree. Like any business, you can't uh, manufacture some fake culture. Uh, if it's if it's tangible when you walk in, uh, it's real. It's it's legit. And I I couldn't agree more. When I walk into the organic grill, I can see moments in time, but just by looking at the the tables like i know who i met there i know the conversation <laughs> i had there it's it's an amazing place and uh yeah I, I can't wait to get back there it's it's yeah get rid of this covid stuff and uh and and open her back up again 
going back to what you said, uh, uh, it wasn't always like that. And maybe what I'm going to share is important for some people. Like uh, my, my understanding of, I don't know, my role uh, definitely changed over the years. Like at one point when we opened, I thought that it's not my place to kind of interfere. And I always stayed in the back and uh, kind of was trying to facilitate atmosphere for people. They come in with their own uh, uh, agenda. They come in with their own friends and I should just let them be. Okay, and spoken only when people are actually uh, speak to me. And then over the years, I saw that people are genuinely interested in what we are doing uh, and in, in me personally. And I just let myself be more natural as I, I am, okay? And it's, it's, it's very important to kind of find yourself in what you do and not uh, hide and not uh, let other people know who you are. Like, uh, it's normal for me to take people to the basement to show them produce because people have like all these fantasies like, oh, is it all organic? Is it not? Uh, how are you guys doing certain things? There, is, there are no secrets. Like we all may be paranoid about, oh, we know some kind of uh, things that other people don't know. And we have recipes that other people don't. Um, I, I, I see it completely different. I want them to get involved. I want them to be part of it. And uh, everybody talks about vegan as being uh, health-oriented uh, lifestyle, as uh, uh, something that uh, is ethically um, necessary to absorb. And I agree with it, but there is a very important uh, uh, social component. Like I try getting to know people like you guys and it makes me feel better and make me grow better. And uh, uh, it's definitely um, relationship with Eddie and Rick and many other people who really made me hopefully a better person. Uh, in addition to that, the food is phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just saying it because he's here, because it doesn't matter. You know, he, I'm, I'm going to be hanging out with him anyway. But the food is really amazing. It's not just, you know, you know, when you're, when you eat vegan food and you, your taste buds change and you understand what really good food is, there's a difference between, you know, the love that's put into food and how, the ingredients and how things taste. That's the one thing that everyone says that comes to the organic grill, vegan or not, who come in there and say, the food is really amazing. So even if he was a jerk or the waitress staff was horrible and the cooks were screaming, which all of that is not happening. It's the opposite of that. The food is so good that, you know, you'd put up with that. But can we go back to the part, Vlad, can we go back to the part about um, you taking people to the basement and fantasy? Hey, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that that I've never been in the basement. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> it's, it, it was said with, 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 uh, with um, intention inside. I knew that you would be curious about it. Next time you're in New York, I'll take you to the basement. Oh, I've, I've, I've never been, been to, basement. Go to the basement. I've been to the basement. I was, I was waiting for a comment from Rick there. I, I, <laughs> I thought that was delightful. I'm to make you wait that long. So how do you guys all come together? You know, we've got three guys that you wouldn't seemingly put together in any other kind of situation. And now you're hosting a podcast uh, called OG talk and some seriously incredible guests, YouTube channel uh, available on all podcast platforms. How do you guys get together and, and well, start for, this? 
for me, the, you know, I've been doing, I produce a lot of stuff as well as perform. I'm, I'm a producer of a lot of events, including this incredible comedy festival that I was the architect for over 10 years ago in Nebraska for Johnny Carson. And I had met Rick just before that. He was working on a project that I was hired to be on. And I just knew that, you know, wow, this guy's amazing and he's really great at what he does. Um, and then I brought him on with me in Nebraska. And then I went, you know, there's nothing that I'm going to do production wise that doesn't include this guy. And then Rick, you can take it from here on that. It, it was, it was interesting because it, you know, I, I've been in this business for about 25 years and I own my own production company in, in St. Louis, but I've done a lot of stuff, a lot of events and, and it's just, for some reason, Eddie and I just hit it off. There was a natural connection there. There was a natural, natural um, commingling of beliefs and how you treat people and how these things should should happen. And I was I was very honored that he uh, he kind of plucked me to go to Nebraska each year to handle stuff because he's doing Letterman, so he can't get there until you know the weekend. And this was a Wednesday th through um, uh, Saturday event. And we had, I mean, we had the best of the best there. You know, um, we had, uh, oh God, uh, Eddie. Uh, 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 Martin Short and uh, Don Martin. Rickles and, you know, Cloris Leachman. I mean, on and on and on with the adults and then the young comics that have come up. You know, uh, some of the best comics in, you know, in the history. My job was to find them when they were young and on their way up. You know, so, because Johnny Carson was that guy. And he, yeah. that, you know, he found young comedians and helped them, their careers. And if they appeared on his show, you know, they would rock it and they'd have to start him and they'd have an agent the next day and have work and pay would go up. But, you know, nowadays uh, there were a lot of young comics who didn't know who Johnny was. So uh, the hometown people got me involved with it. Um, they had a different idea than I did. And, you know, I'm, I was tough on it. I said, look, if we're gonna do it. We're gonna be professional about this. And we brought in a professional crew. They were dealing, they were using the high school kids, which is great, and they were very sharp. But we, we, I brought in a pro team so that, you know, and then this way I trusted Rick enough that all I had to do was say, here, here's your job, you go do it. And he did, I didn't have to worry about it at all. And that's the way you have to do things. The same thing with any project that you're doing. You wanna be able to trust everyone enough, to be able to just say, okay, you're good at what you do, go do it. And then, you know, I know everything's gonna turn out great. Yeah, I mean, you've got a high quality, it's a high quality show that you've, that you've started now. So you've kind of translated your experience um, then into, into what you're doing now, I assume. The last thing I'll say on that before I give it up is that we had started it without Rick because we're in New York and, you know, you know, you're starting it out and you're checking out. And then I just said, you know, man, I just wish Rick could be part of it. And we, Vlad and I talked, and he said, let's give it a shot. And then it all of a sudden became this beautifully shot piece, and Vlad saw the beauty in it, and I already knew it would be beautiful. I couldn't believe Rick would do it. And Rick, you know, comes up to New York, stays with me at the apartment, and, you know, we, you know, we watch hockey. And then uh, during the nighttime and during the day, we, you know, put out this quality program. Yeah, I hope this all continues because we, we had a wonderful journey every month. But it all started with, uh, um, with me kind of not being able to meet some of the people. Uh, and over the years, I would invite people who inspire me and uh, people who I was interested in to the restaurant to have lunch or dinner with me. 
and they would come in, we would talk, and as uh, Eddie and me uh, hit it off and we became friends, uh, uh, I kind of told him, listen, this is what I do over the years. Uh, I invite people in, we talk, but nobody knows about it. And it's such a wonderful experience and atmosphere. I, I truly hope, see uh, that something special happens at Organic Grill. How do we do it in a way that we let other people um, know about it? And Eddie said, maybe we should do a podcast. I, I had an idea and I had a name like OG Talk because everybody calls Organic Grill OG. And we started really wrong. Like we started with everything that possibly uh, would go wrong, wrong, like wrong people, um, wrong relationship, people didn't appreciate what we were doing. And um, um, then Rick appeared and everything went wonderful. <laughs> and is, like only one credit you're gonna get today. And yeah. then the, the nonsense with the family. Uh, but but so we started, the, and I felt like there, there are really good conversations, but we didn't have, um, class and we didn't have uh, this um, level of uh, expressing us in a visual way and uh, you know when I used to run a comedy club back in, in the 80s I made sure that the music that was when people came it was layered the music that came yeah. in was a tempo that the waiters and waitresses were happy bright welcoming I made sure that the lighting was good I made sure that the sound was outstanding I made sure that we built a place for the comedians there's so many layers that are that are important you know you could have a, a great podcast but if it looks horrible or and, and instead of thinking that way if it looks beautiful and it's great visually well that's a layer that a lot of other podcasts don't have and that's what we have we have a three camera shoot just like a major television show yeah, and it's, it's it, we did it. We did it for a reason. When when those guys brought me in, they had like like they said earlier, is they had done they had done some trials. I had seen some things that were done, and I immediately knew um, what I thought visually. And and the only talent that I have in my entire body and being is if I like it, eighty five percent of the people like it. I'm like Captain Generic. So I have no skill set other than what I like people like. So I, I, I feed off of that. So even you, you are you, I always wanted to say, oh, you are special, but even you admit that you're generic. Yeah. But he did call himself yeah. captain, which I think is huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not general. That's <laughs> what I do. He's captain. But you know, the, fun, the funny thing about it is, is they had mics on the table and I knew food was such a big part of it because of, both Vlad and Eddie could tell me in, in very expressive ways what their vision was. And we had to get the mics off the table. The food was important. You know, we're in a restaurant and the conversation. So what we wanted to do, and, and when you look at these things on, on YouTube, uh, OG Talk NYC, you'll see that they're not, there's not a lot of editing of content. There's, there's camera movement to keep it moving and, and to have some things going on. But the content itself is not edited. You know, because we want this to be like you're having dinner with friends, you know, and you're just having a conversation. It's not a inquisition. It's not a, you know, a, an, inter an interview even. It's, it's really, what, you know, we have some sh common shared interests and we, we just kind of have, have a chat over great, healthy food that, that tastes fantastic. We had Artie Lang in there. Artie Lang couldn't spell vegan, you know, 
and just had great fun with Artie. Artie was so, and he loved the food, you know. Bobby Ojeda, same thing. I think Eddie he had a talk with you beforehand, like, hey, man, I'm not, you know, not, I'm not going to eat my kind of food. And then he left with, like, shopping bags of it. When yeah, I love it. So, but so you know, but, and what I learned from working with Letterman all those years, and then also Dick Cavett, who became my friend, who had a great show, they had, you know, Letterman said it's like he's having a conversation with someone at dinner when he's interviewing. And Cavett said he was told by Jack Benny to not interview people, to have a conversation. So that's, the, that's you know, two of the geniuses of all time in interviewing, and that's what I've learned to do. You know, I was sitting at the foot of David Letterman for 17 years. I watched what he did, and I, there's no way you can't pick that up, especially if you have that interest. Yeah, you guys are really able to just kind of extend the vibe that you get if you're having a regular meal at, at the OG. You're just extending it through the podcast, having a conversation around really good food. Um, and it's, it is great to watch. I was going to bring up that conversation with Artie, Rick. Um, you know, this guy's clearly not a vegan. And when he's digging into the food, he's like, oh, flat, this is actually freaking phenomenal. Like, amazing. Vegan food? Yeah. It's something that you really to attribute to uh, uh, Eddie and Rick because I was kind of adamant uh, about bringing people who have, who are not exposed to vegan food, uh, okay? And how it's all connected to our agenda and everything. And they really uh, changed my opinion about it. And I'm very grateful. And in general, um, like when we were talking about what was the most um, crucial moment for me to switch from uh, being uh, uh, macrobiotic to vegan, I think that... Uh, uh, People being a, able to be non-judgmental and not critical about what we do, not like some of the vegans who would come in, uh, say, oh, you're doing this, uh, you should stop, or uh, it's not right. And my immediate reaction, probably like most of the people, would be just go away, uh, I don't want to hear this, and uh, kind of defense. But once people talk to me in a way that I would understand and uh, were not judgmental, it really changed my position on this uh, because they kind of understood my fears, my uh, reservations, why we are not doing um, certain things. And I think we, we are showing it in our uh, OG talks the same way. We are not judging someone. We are not like telling them you should do this or that. But we are having a good time. We are bringing them quality food. And with some of these people, we become friends. It's like amazing after the show. Uh, we really um, kind of continuing uh, conversation and relationship. Yeah, I think what you guys are doing really well is probably what, honestly, what the vegan movement needs more of. It's uh, inviting people in that, uh, as you said, don't know how to spell the word vegan. Uh, they've, they've never stepped foot in a restaurant that, um, that might even be vegetarian. Have them in for a conversation and, and invite them in, welcome them in. I, I think that's what, what we need more of so and, and, and one, once you do this you kind of uh even i'm doing it for so many years even i i am amused by the interest and the openness we had a wonderful uh uh guest cindy shu who, who is an anchor on cbs show and uh, uh she never tried cauliflower pops and we brought it to her uh 
uh, on the table and she loved it but and she was curious how we make it and at the end she said guys can you call it my name i love this dish and she's not vegan she's not vegetarian she doesn't know about so many uh things so it's really great to know that people are actually open if you're open yeah no totally so i suppose in in kind of wrapping up the conversation guys i'd love to go around the table and just see if you've got a favorite dish at the og yourself uh and a favorite guest that you've had on had on the show i suppose we can go start with eddie again yeah i um it's hard you know i love shishito peppers and i make them at home <laughs> and i convinced vlad vlad and i went out and we had shishito peppers and for a short time there was a shishito peppers on the menu eddie bro shishito peppers and I ate them all because no one ordered them. <laughs> and so, you know, they stopped making them. But um, I really, there's so, you know, it's very hard. You know, you know, here's the interesting thing. You're asking for a, a simple answer. But when I come there, Vlad's there, and I go, Vlad, what should I eat? He recommends something. It's usually one of the specials. And like I said before, it's never miserable. I'm not, never miserable. I love cauliflower pops. I love the, you know, the, the different bowls and stuff and the, the, burgers it's really hard there's nothing that i i could say that i just love only you know it's a really difficult it's like which one of your children do you love the most well, i have you know. one i have one well you that's a different story i only have one so uh but uh favorite guest i would say hmm uh you know it, it was interesting to me to have roy wood jr who is on the daily show and he's a comedian we've worked together for years and years as comics and we're friends and We've spent a lot of time on the road where we had a lot of deep conversations about life and comedy. But to the, the moment that he was in town and was on the show was a, an interesting moment in history in the world. And we had some really great conversations, stuff I didn't know about his father that were amazing. So in that sense, um, he was my favorite. Very nice. Got a dream, uh, a dream guest. Any chance of getting Joe Rogan to step foot in the OG? I know Joe since we were young and uh, we were used to play softball in Boston together. And I was the first baseman, Joe was the second baseman. I was on his podcast I, uh, for a short spell a few years ago. Um, I would love to, I, haven't, I see him when I go to Los Angeles. Hey Joe, hey Eddie, nice mutual respect. But you know, when I see him, I'm gonna ask him of course. But you know, there's so many, you know, we talk, I talked to Jack Douglas, who's the famous music record producer. I've talked to, um, you know, Judd Apatow and Jim Gaffigan and people I've had on my other podcast before. And they all seem like they're, they're into it. It just has to be about time, about time. Exactly. Timing is definitely key. Um, Vlad, let's, uh, let's hear it from you. I, I kind of agree with Eddie. Uh, like they're all my children, people make fun of me that uh, I'm making a menu of dishes that I like, which is, yes. probably, <laughs> which is probably true. But uh, if we are talking about guests, um, for me, is a completely different, uh, uh, dif different direction and perspective on uh, meeting comedians. I, and just because of Eddie, I met so many comedians and interesting people. Um, and it just kind of uh, mind-boggling how in this uh, uh, era of uh, political correctness and uh, um, being paying for this, uh, if you are wrong, people are still willing to put their 
uh, mind on the line, uh, they, they true feelings, they true ideas, just to challenge themselves and authority and status quo. It's amazing that there are still people who, despite all the repercussions, uh, social, financial, uh, uh, career-wise, still uh, true to themselves and do what they think is right. That's, that's very, very honorable and incredible. And just showed me um, that comedians are so important for the society. And just because of Eddie and Rick, I was able to uh, well, get- Just both. one comedian or a few of them? You didn't mention uh, me. For me, Judy Gold, uh, uh, Judy Gold, Roy, uh, Roy Wood Jr. and uh, John Fugelson uh, were really kind of uh, litmus paper on what's going on in... in um, Judy in Gold is so in love with Vlad. Every time I talk to her, instead of, hey, Eddie, how you doing? How's Vlad? You know, he gave her a, a robe. He gave, I mean, an apron. I mean, they're... they're, they're, they're and a robe. They have a great relationship. <laughs> Yes, and even even like continuing to what I just said about uh, Judy and uh, uh, John Fugelson, for example, like her book just came out, and guess what's the name of this book? Yes, I can yeah. say that. Like she defends her right to say what she thinks is uh, important. How many people are doing this now? Look at these flip-floppers. Look at these people who are afraid to say their opinion out loud. Uh, that, that's who Okay, are. ask me now. <laughs> okay, Rick. Let's let's go to Rick. I totally agree with you, Vlad. Comedy is definitely uh, uh, you know super necessary in in these times. Uh, but Rick, let's let's get it from you, mate. Yeah, I mean it's in, it's interesting because I you know I've I've been around comedians thanks to Eddie for for years and been around all levels of them and and I I, I agree with Vlad on how that that you, they're so vital to to our society. Um, but I I, I love Artie Lyon. I loved for a lot of reasons. I loved Artie Lang. I like the I like the underdog. I like the uh, I like the the person that doesn't stop no matter what. That doesn't quit. The person that's um, that's open to um, all the things that are said about them uh, and is undeterred. Um, and then I, I just to me I, I I love that that spirit. You know because that guy should have been dead a long time ago and he's got people that bury him verbally hourly and he's undeterred um, but he know he knows his flaws he 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 uh he accepts them so that i have a lot of respect for him um favorite be, best guest that i'd want to have on i love gilbert godfrey i don't know why there's something about him it's like a beautiful train wreck and and I think he would be so fun to to have a conversation with. And he uh, said he'd do it. He said he'd do yeah, it. And, and yeah, we called him on the phone. Eddie's got him on the phone at, at three three o'clock in the afternoon. Sounds like he woke him up. It was, it was, it was horrible. I mean, it's all. I, I thought, oh man. And uh, favorite uh, item at the restaurant? I'm going to go with the cheesecake. There we go. I'm not vegan, and I've learned a lot through these guys. And I was like, like the burger, the, the burger is something that I want to try and, and, but I'm, I'm afraid of it, but I've had a lot of the, you know, a lot of the pops and a lot of the bowls and stuff and they're, they're fabulous, but I love, and I don't eat sweets very often, but that cheesecake, I couldn't believe it. It was amazing. Amazing. 
And yeah. I miss that. I need, I need to come up there and have a piece of cheesecake. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you when this is, when this is done, I I'm looking forward to getting back over the East coast. I think I'll be hopping on a plane plane pretty quickly yeah. uh, because you guys were, you kind of failed to nail down a, a specific dish on the, on the savory side of things. I'm going to stick up for the OG chicken. Uh, <laughs> that stuff is phenomenal. Put that on anything. Waffles, burger, doesn't is matter. Is that the, uh, the oyster mushrooms? Oyster mushrooms yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah the, we crust it in a special way. That stuff's amazing. Uh, yeah, you guys are doing a phenomenal job. Looking forward to seeing, you know, the, the content you're going to roll out in the future. Uh, hang in there. Tough times, but, you know, it's, it's going to continue without a doubt. So thank you all for uh, giving, giving up your time today and, and coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thank, yeah. you, thank you very much. It's and great. I just wanted to tell uh, very quickly that um, t- uh, season four should be phenomenal. Like uh, what, what Eddie has in, in his uh, um, pocket for, um, guests and who I was able to kind of talk to. Hopefully, it's going to turn in. It's going to be uh, levels up. And and where do we find you? Where do we find you on YouTube and Instagram, guys? YouTube, What's the handle? Well, on YouTube, we have twenty five episodes of of OG Talk, and it's uh, on OG Talk NYC. Um, but we also have some other content we've been doing lately that's also going to be there as well for you guys to see and interview people from the neighborhood and that kind of stuff. Rick, what are the um, other platforms that we're on? All we're, we're on every every other uh, uh, audio platforms for Stitcher, uh, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Apple, Spotify, you name it, we're there. But you see and, us. And use an opportunity on being such a famous. Uh, podcast as veggie talk uh we we inviting everyone um uh who has blog or podcast to contact us by dm and we'll we'll invite you for uh conversations we want to uh, make contacts and i just wanted to tell everyone that um matt had a very specific role and uh he was helping us over the period of time uh we were preparing to the podcast and after, and there is no questions that I have uh, that he doesn't answer. So you you better listen to Veg Talk. And we're, we're also going to invite everybody over to Vlad's house. You can see by the background behind and him. I'll sh- and I'll show you in the basement, <laughs> everything. <laughs> large enough that we could socially distance. I've never been invited by. to the basement. At the end, I'm just going <laughs> to shoot you my address. And as long as you keep in six feet, uh, but you have enough room over there. We can tell by the richness of the paneling behind you. That I'll, I'll have a schedule of people coming in. I know. I know. Now we know. Yeah. Looking to forward that. to it. Looking forward to it, guys. Yeah, Thanks very much. And, uh, yeah, be safe out there in NYC. I don't know what it's like in St. Louis, Rick, but, uh, yeah, stay safe, stay healthy. You don't want to know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, look forward to meeting up with everyone in person again. Yeah, me too. I love to Anna. Cheers, Eddie. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thank you for being here today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Vlad, Eddie, and Rick. You can find them on Instagram at OGTalkNYC. That's all one word, lowercase. They also have over 20 episodes on YouTube. You can find them by searching for OGTalk. 
And don't forget to grab a meal at the Organic Grill the next time you find yourself in New York City. Please stay safe, look after one another, and I'll catch you all for next week's show with Portland State University Assistant Professor Stephanie Erev. We chat about the intersectionality between politics and climate change. See you then. Keep it plant-based.